as we begin our countdown to Christmas, we are less than a month away, and it's always such a busy time. Uh, as Richard alluded to earlier, we tend to kind of just jump into things, don't we? And we just, if we're not careful, we lose the, the meaning of Christmas. Can I just say, and I hopefully remember this every Sunday, but Jesus, we're getting ready to celebrate your birthday. We want to say happy birthday to you as we focus our attention on Christmas. Let's not forget that it's not about Santa Claus touching his nose and doing this, you know, at the sleigh on the Thanksgiving parade. I don't know. He keeps touching his nose. I don't know what's going on with his nose, but it's not about Santa Claus. It's not about Rudolph. It's not about everything else. Oh, you see these inflatables in front of homes, and now you're seeing these little minions and the Grinch and all these other sorts of things that have nothing to do with Christmas at all, and it's trying to crowd out the beautiful, simple message and the glorious message, our blessed hope of Jesus Christ, who was born to this earth, our Savior, our Lord. And uh, so we celebrate Christmas on December the 25th, and uh, I hope we'll keep that in mind as we uh, make our plans and, and get ourselves busy with the holiday season. The arrival of Jesus to this world meant the arrival of hope. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, the arrival of Jesus in our lives and in our situations. Richard talked about this a little bit. I don't know what people do without Jesus when they go through difficult times. But I'm so thankful that Jesus is with us during our situations because the arrival in our lives of Jesus means hope for us as well as individuals because where Jesus is, there is hope. What are you facing today that seems hopeless in your life? Jesus is there with you in that or ordeal in your life because where Jesus is, there is hope. What do you know that is, maybe who do you know that's facing a difficult situation right now? Jesus is there with them as well in their difficult time because where Jesus is, there is hope. Jesus brings the light of his hope to the darkness of man's despair. And we also invite his light to shine in us today so that that light that's in us, that light of hope, can point others to that light of Jesus Christ as well. Amen? So I want to talk about that this morning. I know you've probably noticed up here this beautifully wrapped Christmas present. Let me just give you the full value here of it. Now, many of us probably already have some Christmas presents around our tree, or we're out shopping for them as we speak this weekend, Black Friday, we're getting some ideas on what gifts to give and get. Ultimately, at Christmas, on Christmas morning, there's going to be some gifts that are going to be around many of your trees. But I want to ask you this morning about this Christmas present represents not only the presents that we get people, but I want to ask you this morning, what is the, what is the thing that you want most for this Christmas? If, if in this box, what you want most is contained within this box, what would be inside of this box for you today? What would be inside of this gift for you today? What is the one desire that you hope to be wrapped up in your present this year? Some of you ladies might say, oh, I just want some lovely jewelry. If I can just have that beautiful necklace or those earrings. Some of you men might say, I sure would like to have this really nice new tool for my toolbox for my workshop, something I've been wanting for quite a while. Maybe some of you young people might be saying, I just want to have something for my video games. 
You know, but beyond those material things of the jewelry and the tools and the video games and all of that, maybe some of us might say that they'd like maybe to have some reconciliation with a loved one that they've been apart from for some time. Or maybe a healing from a disease that has been nagging at you and in your body for so long. Or maybe some deliverance from some past hurts that you experienced in your life. Maybe that can be, if that can only be wrapped up in that box, oh, that would be so wonderful to have that for Christmas this year. But no matter who you are today, what any of us need more than anything else in this challenging time in which we are living is hope. Hope would be an incredible gift to receive since some of us and really many, maybe possibly people that we know are struggling this year in the face of loss and disappointment and difficulty and anxiety. Read a survey this week about pastors throughout the United States and they said that this has been the most challenging this last year and a half or so, this most challenging year to pastor a church, to be a pastor, to be in ministry than they've ever experienced before. And I must say that 2021 for us as well has certainly had its share of challenges. How about you? Anybody can join with me on that? A few of you maybe, okay. I, I, I hope would be an incredible gift to receive. And hope is here today for us. And in these times where we're struggling and maybe the anxieties and, and all, Christmas really seems for many people, the holidays seem to intensify those feelings of maybe anxiety or, or depression, loneliness, struggle, whatever it would be. I'm here today to offer to you hope. I hope that today, as you leave here, that you'll experience the hope that I have to share with you this morning. So today we're going to begin a four-week series called The Best Christmas Ever. So what makes something the best ever? What characteristics or descriptive words come with something that exceeds your highest expectations? How does an event move from the ordinary to the extraordinary? We all have memories of experiences that went from good to great that we look back on with fondness in our lives. It's good to reflect on those good memories and look ahead to other moments that maybe are with a great expectation that God is still on the throne. I, I want to tell you something this morning. I'll say it again. God is still on the throne. Amen? And our best days in Him are ahead of us. Amen? It's easy to look at the circumstances that are all around us and to focus on those circumstances. But let's keep our eyes on Jesus because where Jesus is, there is hope. There's a painting of an old burned out mountain shack. And all that remained of that old burned out shack was the chimney, the charred debris of what had been that family's sole possession. And in front of this destroyed home stood this old grandfather looking man, and he was dressed in his underclothes. There's a small boy that was clutching a pair of patched overalls standing next to him. It was evident that the child was crying, and beneath the picture were the words which this artist felt the old man was speaking to the boy. They were simple words, and yet they presented a profoundly uh, rich and theological truth that we have in our lives today, and those words were this. 
The old man said to the little boy, hush, child, God ain't dead. You know, that vivid picture of that burned out mountain shack, that old man, that weeping child. And those words, God ain't dead, keep returning over and over to my life as we go through the difficult times in our life. Instead of, instead of that burned out shack being a reminder of the despair of my life and in your life and the challenges and the anxieties and the struggles that we go through, it should come as a reminder of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I need reminders that there is still hope in this world. And in the midst of all of life's troubles and all of life's failures and all of the anxiety that we, that we face, sometimes it's good to have some mental picture like that to remind us that all is not lost as long as God is alive and as long as he is in control of this world. Because where Jesus is, there is hope. Obviously, 2021 has been a difficult year. And for some, maybe for some of us and some of you listening here today on Facebook Live, it's maybe been the worst year ever. Which is why I want nothing more than for all of us in this year to end this year on a high note. For as dark and as difficult as things have been, there is light at the end of this tunnel because God ain't dead. Christmas is the time we celebrate the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. As we remember his humble beginnings in that manger and his miraculous journey on this earth that culminated in his resurrection and his ascension to heaven. And by the way, he ain't done yet because he's coming back to get us soon. <laughs> you know, as we wrap up this most challenging year of 2021 and we look ahead with great hope and expectation that 2022 has just got to be better. I want to read to you Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. It encourages us with these words that weeping may stay for the night but rejoicing comes in the morning. I love the uh, phrases in the Bible that says, and it came to pass. It didn't come to stay, you see. It came to pass. That that we're going through, that that you're struggling with, that that you're facing in your life is not here to stay. It is here for a moment. It's here for a season. It's here to show God's faithfulness, His goodness. Because God ain't dead yet, and where Jesus is, there is hope. So let's begin our journey together today. How about it? And let's believe that because our hope is in Jesus, that this truly can be the best Christmas ever. So as we look around here today, and as we look on uh, on our, with our Facebook Live audience, and as we look across the United States, and as we look across the world today, we realize that we all share the same hope today, and that is in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus' arrival on earth is our greatest source of hope for all of those who believe in him, and really for all people, if people would just come to the realization of who he is. For centuries, God has chosen people and drawn them out of, of their hopelessness and nothing more than how it was back in the Old Testament. As you read the Old Testament, his chosen people, the children of Israel, were in great darkness. They were stumbling 
in great darkness. There's about a 400-year period from the last prophet before Jesus arrived to the earth where there was silence and darkness, and they were stumbling around in despair. They had no hope. They were tormented, and they were defeated by the, by the evil that was around them at all sides. Many of us know what that feels like to be surrounded by darkness as we struggle through disappointment, through mistakes, through failure, through sin. It's hard to have hope when all you can see is darkness. But let me ask you a question this morning. What is the best way to eliminate darkness? Expose it to the light. Turn on a light. If you ever go into a dark room, what's the first thing you do? You flip on a light. When Jesus became human and came to us as a baby in that manger, the ancient prophecies were fulfilled and the world found hope in the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. He is the light of the world and in the darkness, no matter how dark it may try, darkness cannot overcome the light of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 9, 2 says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned, and that light has remained, and that light will never, ever fade away. The light of Jesus Christ. Now, Isaiah was prophesying to a broken people at that time. They were filled with despair. They were living during one of the darkest times in Israel's history when Isaiah spoke those words. So I say to you again today, the people today in 2021, if you're walking in darkness, let me apply it to your life today. A great light has come. If you're living in the land of deep darkness today, a great light has dawned. His name is Jesus Christ. And he can shine the light into your darkness. What Isaiah was offering through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit was really hope. God was offering to those living in hopeless despair light in place of darkness. Now, we understand on this side of that prophecy that Isaiah was prophesying about the coming of Christ into the world, and he did come, and that's what we celebrate on this Christmas day upcoming. Jesus has already come once, so we know that that prophecy has already been fulfilled. And now we wait patiently and hopefully as we look for his second and final arrival, and he will come. That's what the Bible calls in the New Testament our blessed hope. When Jesus returns for his bride, the church, that's you and me, Jesus is coming again, and that's the hope that we live in. Amen? Amen. So as we begin our journey together today on our way to Christmas Day, I want to ask you first that you understand that the hope that is all around in our brothers and sisters today that we all share is in the person of Jesus Christ. You are not alone. Look around right now. Everybody that you're seeing right now, all of you, all of us, have a hope in Jesus Christ. See, Satan would like to isolate us and say, you're all alone in this, but you're not. I want you to understand that there's a hope that we all share in Jesus Christ. There's hundreds and hundreds of millions and potentially billions of people on this earth, all around the world, who share the hope that you and I do in the person of Jesus Christ. We look around today and we realize that we all share this same hope of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here today. 
That's why we celebrate every Sunday. This is Resurrection Sunday every Sunday. We celebrate the first day of the week, the day that he rose again. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, his blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust what CNN or Fox or anybody else says, but wholly lean on Jesus' name because on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I place my hope in the solid rock of Jesus Christ. How about you? Amen? Jesus is the light of hope today, right now, piercing through our deepest darkness. And he will return for his church one day soon. So in the meantime, we trust that he'll do exactly what he said he would do. And we stay busy doing our father's business, going about our father's business. And what is Jesus? What is our father's business again? I've said this before. Holler it out if you know it. What's his business? souls. It's souls for his kingdom. That's the business of God. You know, you can go to the restaurants, you can go to these businesses and they're selling the, the doohickeys and the food and all that. And we know what their business is. Home Depot sells tools. Home Depot sells home goods, right? Steak and shake. They still, they sell steak and shake. Well, what's God's business? Souls. You go to, you go to business, you go to, you go to God's shop and what is it? it it's souls for his kingdom. That's what it's all about for him. So our shared hope, thank God, it's not in government. Our shared hope is not in our job. It's not in our abilities. It's not in our possessions. It's not even in other people. These things will all fail. These things will all disappoint. These things will all fade away. But our shared, cumulatively shared hope, the church of Jesus Christ, our hope is in the eternal promises and the never-changing person of Jesus Christ alone. Because where Jesus is, there is hope. So, with that fact solid and the foundation of Jesus Christ never wavering, we move to the next part of this understanding because we all share this hope. Now, that hope that we have that resides in you sees light in the midst of darkness. That hope that we have sees light in the midst of darkness. The Christmas song, O Holy Night, has a particular phrase in it that says, a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. In the midst of our weariness today, in the midst of whatever struggle that you may be facing, Today, we have cause to rejoice because in the midst of our darkness, the light of the world has come. Romans chapter 15, verse 12 and 13 says, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse, that's Jesus, will spring up. One who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. That's us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy, listen to this, and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's unpack that for just one second. Now, Isaiah is being quoted in Romans chapter 15 by the Apostle Paul. He's pointing us to the root of Jesse as our source of hope, our source of hope. 
This verse points us to Jesus Christ, who is our source of hope. So there's that part. We know Isaiah is talking about Jesus. Paul is requoting it. And then Paul prays for us a prayer after he states that fact. And this is what I want us to look at for just one moment. Paul is praying that we would be filled with joy and peace. Joy and peace that would then overflow with hope. There's an order here. Think about it. It starts as we place our trust in Jesus. So that's the beginning. How many has placed your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Bring it up high and wave at me. You've placed your trust in Jesus Christ. Your trust is not in the government. Your trust is not in your job. Your trust is not in your possessions. Your trust is not in anything else but who? Jesus Christ. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock. I stand. My trust is in him. So that foundation is solid. It's sure. It's never changing. We placed our trust in Jesus. So out of that trust, by the way, that, that trust is not based on our circumstances. It's not based on, on what's going on around us, but it's based on Christ in us, the hope of glory. Circumstances will change, but Jesus never will. Our world may change, but Jesus never will. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So our foundation is solid. Our foundation is sure. Our trust in Christ is there. And so out of that trust comes forth joy and peace. How many need some joy this morning? How many need some peace this morning? How many know somebody that needs some joy and some peace this morning? Right? <clears throat> so out of this trust comes this joy and this peace. Let me put it another way. As we sow seeds of trust in Jesus, it produces the fruit of joy and peace. As we sow our trust in Jesus, out comes joy and out comes peace. As we sow our faith and trust in Jesus, I'm not sure you're quite getting this. As we not sow our trust in the government or our jobs or our possessions, but we sow our trust in Jesus Christ, then that joy that you said I needed and that peace that you said I needed comes as you sow trust in Christ. On Christ the solid rock we stand. All other ground is sinking stand. Are you getting it now? As we sow trust in Christ, what is produced? Joy and peace. Now out of that, as that joy and that peace begins to become fruitful in us, it's going to start... How many has ever planted a seed and you start seeing this thing grow up and you think, wow, I just planted one seed, but I'm getting thousands. I'm getting hundreds of, of fruit from this, right? I mean, you're pulling stuff off the tree every day. So much so that you share it with other people, don't you? How many has ever shared something from your garden with somebody? Because you just, you can't eat that many cucumbers, right? I mean, you just can't eat that many tomatoes. You got it? So I'm going to share this with somebody, right? Because you plant a seed and in God's economy, you plant the seed and you get a hundred or hundreds back. It's a beautiful thing. So as we plant the seed of trust in the Lord, out comes joy and out comes peace. And it overflows, it says, because that's what Paul's prayer was, that overflow. 
spills over into others. Not up to us to preserve that joy and that peace and keep it all to ourselves. God has placed it in us to overflow into others. How many again know somebody that needs some joy and some peace, right? It's time for that that's in us to become so fruitful that it overflows, that it increases, and it increases out to others. And what, that, what is that going to do for others? It's going to give them hope because they're going to see in you that joy and that peace. How can you have joy and peace in the circumstance that you're in, in this nation in, that it's in, and in this world that it's in? Because on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. My trust is in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. Does that make sense? See, because there's people out there that are placing their trust in other things and in other people and in circumstances where they're really counting on that to come through. But all those things will fail ultimately. But Jesus Christ will never fail. We can place our trust in Him and He'll never fail your life. Amen? Amen? So as we place our trust in Him, I know I'm repeating myself, but repetition helps us to get it inside of us. Out comes the fruit of joy and of peace. And as that flows out from us onto others, they can't help but see the difference in your life than in what they're going through. And they're going to want it too. They're going to want what you have. And the hope that is coming from your joy and your peace is going to become infectious to other people. And by the way, that hope doesn't increase because of favorable circumstances in your life. You can have hope in Jesus and be going through the worst possible situation as your foundation in Christ remains, as your trust in Him remains intact. Nor does hope decrease because of unfavorable ones. Because the hope that we're talking about today resides in the dependable person of Jesus Christ. So even in the midst of deep darkness and pain and loss, we can be overflowing with hope because where Jesus is, there is hope. It's a paradox. It doesn't really seem to make sense, but it works. It, it's true. The difficulty, though, is to maintain a trust and confidence in God's plan for our lives, especially when things are tough. It's natural to have doubts, and it's not abnormal to be scared and confused and frustrated. Actually, you're in good shape and you're in good company because it means that you're human and you're exactly the kind of human that God sent His one and only Son to die for. On your absolute worst day, Christ is for you. His light is shining on and through the darkness in your life. He's entirely dependable and reliable. So if you're weary today, because of the frustrating and fearful darkness surrounding your life, rejoice. Because Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has come. Because where Jesus is, there is hope. So with that, we all share this hope. We all have this hope in us that needs to overflow, which leads us to our last and final uh, point here is to let Christ live in you and not only in you but shine through you so as we all share this hope together we encourage one another in the faith 
We're confident that this light of hope in Christ is with us even in our darkest times. It is our joy and our responsibility to allow this light that lives in us to shine through us. The old song when I was a kid, we sang it in children's church, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. And then we did this sort of thing. How many remembers that? Yeah, right? Oh, we don't need to hide or cover the light in us. It's the light is in us to let shine out from us. It's important to remember in all of this that when you give up your life to follow Christ, folks, something amazing happens. The material things that you once thought you couldn't live without seem to lose their shine. And you truly become a new creation as Jesus shines brighter. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You see, in Christ, we have new motives. We have new desires. We have new goals. The Apostle Paul said it it this way in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And if you remember, just a few moments ago, we read Romans chapter 15. As we grow in our faith, as we allow that foundation, that trust in Jesus to overflow with that hope and, and that joy and that, and that peace, You can't help it. You just become contagious with hope when you place your faith in Him and your trust in Him. You can't help but let it flow out from you. And as that hope comes pouring out from you in every situation, through every single adversity, where do you think it goes? What is the purpose of this being filled to overflowing with hope? I mean, it's got to have a destination, doesn't it? Let me give you the answer with this illustration. There's a man by the name of Eugene Land. He was a self-made millionaire. And he, at one time years ago, changed the lives of an entire sixth grade class in East Harlem. East Harlem is not known to have many people to graduate from high school. That particular area, they didn't finish school. But Mr. Lang had been asked to speak to a class of 59 sixth graders. Now, what in the world, he was saying to himself, could inspire these students, most of whom would drop out of school within just a few years and never make it to graduation? He wondered how he could get these children even to look at him, let alone listen to him. And so, setting aside his notes, he spoke from his heart, and he said to these students, these 59 students, he said, stay in school. And then he finished the thought by saying this, and if you do, I'll help pay the college tuition for every single one of you. At that moment, the lives of these students were changed. From that time on, and really for the very first time, they had hope. Said one student after the fact, he said, I had something to look forward to something waiting for me. It was such a golden feeling. And to hear the statistics of how that paid off, nearly 90%, 9 out of 10 of that class went on to graduate from high school. 
Because they had something to live for. They had a, they had a hope. They had a goal to reach. You know, paying for someone's college tuition is a great incentive to bring hope. But we have something far more valuable to offer to those around us than paying for their college tuition. You see, in our world today, people without the hope that we have in Christ are drifting aimlessly in their personal darkness. And we are like a lighthouse to them, shining the light of Christ to help navigate them away from danger towards home. I looked up the definition of lighthouse, and this is what it reads. A lighthouse is a tower with a bright light at the top located at an important or dangerous place regarding navigational travel over water. The two main purposes of a lighthouse are to serve as a navigational aid and as a warning to boats of dangerous areas. You see, we are like a lighthouse. We have the light of Christ in us and it must shine out brightly from us because hope in Christ is a lot like the light in the lighthouse. Hope helps us to guide not only us through uncharted and unknown and dangerous territory, not only helps us, but it also helps others through their uncharted, unknown, and dangerous territories as that light overflows out from us to others. 1 Peter 3.15 says, always, say that with me, always, always, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the what? For the hope that you have. Who is our hope placed in? Jesus. That sounds like an overflow of hope to me, doesn't it to you? That sounds like us being the lighthouse, shining out Jesus to those who are drifting towards danger and looking for a way to safety, a way around the danger and a place of safe harbor. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5 of himself, verses 14 and 15 and 16. He's talking about himself and he's talking about himself as it relates to him shining through others. He says, you are the light of the world. He's speaking to you and I today. You are the light of the world. Turn to someone and say, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Therefore, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify who? Your Father who is in heaven. Not you or me or anybody else, but we point people to the safe harbor of Jesus Christ. You and I are a lighthouse to a broken and lost generation that we are deeply immersed in this generation. There's a, there's a heaviness and there's a darkness and there's a lostness to this generation that hasn't been seen in decades and decades. Satan's turning up the heat because he knows his time is short because he knows Jesus is coming back soon. So he's pulling out all the stops and he's doing everything that he can to deceive and to dis bring despair and confusion and bring darkness into people's lives. But you and I have the light of Christ in us to overflow out from us to guide people to a safe place, a sure foundation in Jesus Christ. So let's not hide our light, but let's let our light shine. Amen? 
Let's let the hope of Christ light in us, light up so brightly that others can't even help themselves. But ask, what in the world is going on in your life? There's something different about you. There's a radiance. There's a brightness. I'm drawn to it. And we can tell people about Jesus. Let's be careful not to be part of the hopelessness that's around us. The negative. The yakety yak of all the negative that's going on. Let's not add our words to that. Let's turn people to Christ. Let's watch our tongues and let's speak out the things that are hopeful in Jesus Christ. Let's let that positivity and that in our conversations let us let that hopefulness that we have in christ that it overflow out from us and wash all over others like a light washes over the darkness amen? amen let's let the light that shines on you shine out from you and help light the way for others so what is one of the main ingredients that we can have for the best christmas ever and it's this that the best Christmas ever is going to be rooted in hope. In the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So as we're looking in at this gift box on this table here before us today. And as we consider what would be the best contents that we would want in this box. I would suggest that there's no greater gift that we can give to those around us. Than the eternal hope that we have in Jesus Christ. When we believe strongly that God will come through on his promises to us. That Jesus will carry us through our storms. That Jesus will provide for all of us according to his riches and glory. That Jesus will never leave us. And Jesus will never forsake us. That Jesus will forgive us of all of our sins. That Jesus will come back and rescue us from this awful world and take us to heaven to live with him there forever. That God's word and all of its promises, as we sang this morning, are yes and amen. Then we're confident and compelled to let the hope that we have in Jesus Christ spill over into those around us. Let's choose hope this Christmas season. And let's let that hope that we have in Christ be contagious. Amen? C.S. Lewis, the famous author, said this. Hope, as a continual looking forward to the eternal world, is not a form of escapism or wishful thinking. But one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It doesn't mean that we're to leave the present world as it is. In fact, if you read history, you'll find that the Christian who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. It's easy to be overwhelmed by the state of our world. And many allow themselves to be overcome by circumstances. But church, I encourage you today, don't lose heart. Because the Bible declares emphatically that Jesus has overcome the world. I'll say it again. Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome your circumstances. Jesus has overcome your despair. Jesus has overcome your anxiety. Jesus has overcome your need, your lack, your, your struggles. He's overcome it all. He's overcome the world. Stop believing the lies around you. Stop believing the lies that are inside of you. That things will never change. Instead, choose to find hope 
in the promises and the sure foundation of God and his word and Jesus Christ. Choose to believe that Jesus' birth has changed everything. Each day that we can, each day we can be defeated by darkness or we can find victory in the light of Christ. Today, I choose hope. How about you? And like a lighthouse, share that hope with others. Because it may seem like that we're losing. But Jesus is getting ready to come to bat for us. Let me give you another real quick story as I, as I close here today. There was this man that was approaching a Little League baseball game one afternoon. And he asked a boy in the dugout what the score was. And the boy responded, well, it's 18 to nothing. We're behind. And then the spectator said, boy, I, I bet you're discouraged. He says, well, why should I be discouraged? The little boy said, we haven't even gotten up to bat yet. <laughs> you know, walking in hope or despair is really all in how we look at things, isn't it? It may seem like Satan is winning, but folks, he's losing. The game isn't over yet. I've read the end of the book, and guess what? We win. <laughs> We're on the winning side. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Say it with me. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I have a hope in Jesus. How about you? It's not based on my circumstances outside or what's going on inside, but it's based on my trust and the solid foundation that I have in Jesus Christ. And out of that trust comes joy and comes peace that's going to spill over and bring hope to those around me. But that's got to start in me first. And it's got to start in you first. So stop walking in despair. Stop looking at the circumstances and start keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith who has overcome the world and have your hope in him today. Amen? Amen. And this coming week, not only get yourself straightened out, <laughs> but think about the people in your life who spend the most time with you, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your classmates. Consider ways that you can share the hope that you have in Christ with them. Keep it to yourself. Shine the light. Christmas is a perfect time to do it. It's already baked into the culture. It's Christmas. I mean, you don't have to get too far to talk about Jesus at Christmas. We're naturally focused on Christmas here. You can let folks know that Jesus is the reason for the season. And, let, and in Him they can have hope because... Where Jesus is, there is hope. And if you're running a little low on hope today, by the way, if you're feeling like your light isn't shining as brightly as it needs to, I'd like to pray with you this morning. In fact, would you stand with me this morning? And in fact, as we have the folks that are going to be praying for folks to come on up, I want to ask you today, if maybe you're just here and you're thinking, man, pastor, I, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm tracking with you here. I, I got this. But my hope is a little low. The little, I need some more hope. I need to get filled up. My light is kind of diminished. It's kind of covered with a lot of stuff. I need to get that stuff wiped off so it can shine brightly. Your light's a little diminished. If you need some hope today, if you need your light to shine today a little more brightly, 
I'd ask you to just come on up as we pray together. And just come and just say, Lord, I, I just need some hope in you. If you're at home watching this today, find your altar at your house. It'd be right there where you're standing. Just kneel down or sit on the couch and kneel down. However, however you need to, to just find a place with the Lord. And let's just do some business with the Lord for just a few moments. He's here to bring you hope today. I want all the eyes closed and head bowed in this place. And if you want to stand where you are, that's your choice. But I'd like for you to just maybe as you take a, an act of faith and an act of, of desperation, an act of of saying, I, I can't do this on my own, to just step out from where you are and say, I'm just kind of just need some hope today. I need, a, I need a dose of hope. I need an extra infusion of hope today. You come to the right place. You need your light to shine more brightly. Come on, let's just come to the altar here today and let's just pray together. I'm inviting you now as we just wait on the Lord. Just if you will, Emma, just play for a few moments. And if you will, come down if you need some hope. If you're running low on hope, if you need your light to shine a little more brightly, come on down. Let's pray together. We love you, Jesus. Lord, as we come to this altar, as we come to do business with you today, we realize, confess that we can't muster up hope in our own strength. We certainly can't muster up hope based on our circumstances. The circumstances are just that. They come and go. We have fleeting moments of happy, joyful times, happy, fun times, but those come and go. It's not like we're all living in despair totally. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us as, we, as we're standing here today, as we've come to the altar, as we lay our hearts before you. Lord, that we would stop looking at the circumstances around us and, and allowing the enemy to put despair and anxiety, struggle, uh, keeps struggling with fear and all those things. Lord, instead that we would replace all of those things with hope. Lord, today we pray that you'd help us to place our foundation of trust in you. Not in anything or anybody else. That you, Jesus Christ, are a solid rock. We place our, our, our trust in you. And Lord, out of that trust, Lord, we, we just ask you to help us to let that be that seed of trust that we plant to become fruitful. And let joy, I mean joy, not happiness, joy. It goes much deeper. Oh, joy goes so much deeper than happiness, Lord. We, we, happiness comes and goes, joy remains. Let joy, it's not based on our circumstances or how we feel, but it's based on who you are and your promises. All your promises are yes and amen. We trust in you, Lord God. So we, it brings us joy. It brings us peace. Oh, Prince of Peace, come and give us your peace. And not just give it to us so that we can function in it. Not just give joy to us so we can function in it. But Lord, we also pray that you'd help us to overflow out in such a way where it gives those around us that are hopeless, walking in darkness, hope. Lord, let the light of Christ shine out from us. Forgive us, Lord God, for hiding our light under a covering. Not shining the light of Christ. Not allowing that light to shine brightly. Lord, we've allowed a lot of sediment to get over that light. I pray, Lord, that you would just take that, that beautiful sh shining cloth that you have and just wipe off all that sediment of fear and despair and busyness and circumstances. Just wipe it off. 
and all that stuff off of it so that the light of Christ that's in us can shine brightly through us. Lord, we just give you permission to just wipe off that, 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 that stuff, that sediment, those layers of, of, of just life that have gotten over us. And Lord, today as we walk out of here, that we would be bright like an LED light that just almost blinding that people can see the light of Christ in us in the darkest most most difficult storms that they may be facing where the wind is blowing and the the, the waves are, are threatening and the clouds are looming the lightning is flashing and yet they see in the distance a bright light shining and they're they, they, turn, they turn their rudder. They turn their heart. They turn their hope to that. Realizing that there's rescue there. If I'll just follow the light. Let that be in us, Lord. That light that people will come to us. As you've told us, we're the light of the world. But you're shining through us. It's not us that they're drawn to. It's you in us that they're drawn to. And may that happen. And then, Lord, let us then share that hope that we have overflowing joy and peace based on our foundation in you. Lord, we just need you to give us an extra little dose of hope today. Then help us to go back, Lord God, to letting our foundation be with you so that that joy and that peace can overflow in hope. I pray that over those that are standing here today, over those that are viewing online, over those that are in the congregation, everybody within the sound of my voice, I pray, God, that you'd help this best Christmas ever to be foundationally built upon the hope we have in our Savior and soon coming King. You've come once, you're coming again. That's our blessed hope. And we live in that hope today. Help us to share that hope with others. I pray God, increase our hope. Increase our hope. And let our light shine brightly during this busy season. We pray this, Lord Jesus, in your name and all God's people said amen. How many is thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus this morning? Amen. Let the gift that you have under your tree this year include as the primary one, the one that all the rest of the gifts are built on, be a gift of hope. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.